Plan Politics is partnership with the Star Tribune editorial board. We bring it to you every Wednesday right around this time, represented today by John Rash and DJ Tice. Glad to have you guys on board. Let's just start broadly, John, and then DJ, you chime in on the Biden administration, because this, uh, I think to most observers, most objective observers, this has been a difficult stretch uh, from the difficulty in COVID. It's not by a lack of effort. It's not by a lack of ideas, but there was a lot of celebration from the uh, Biden administration about where we were in late June and July. And because of the Delta variant, because of the adamant reluctance of many people to not take the vaccine for a myriad of reasons that we have been for a while now, 2000 people dying to everything that took place with Afghanistan, not the decision which the Biden administration emphasized, but more the process of getting out and the poll in the Tribune that you partner with CARE 11 an NPR frontline shows the displeasure that people in our state had with the uh, leaving Afghanistan. The approval was below 30 percent. Then we now have the booster shot confusion on what Joe Biden himself said about when to get the booster and did they get ahead of the FDA. Now we have the two infrastructure bills that are hanging in the balance where Joe Biden today is meeting with Schumer and Pelosi and progressives and moderates. We also have uh, a debt ceiling crisis. Um, Let's just judge Joe Biden as own, because I know the text is going to come in. Well, how about compared to Donald Trump? Let's just judge Joe Biden on his own. When he said, John, and then you, DJ, this is going to be about normalcy and competency. Is that happening right now? No, it is not. And the honeymoon clearly is over, even among Democrats, let alone Republicans who are increasingly oppositional in both houses of Congress. And you're quite right that his basic appeal was that he appeared relative to other Democratic candidates to be more moderate, more centrist, a sensible centrist is how he projected himself. And more than anything, he inverted the career politician label into someone who had nearly a half century in Washington and that that competence and normalcy would return. And especially in the litany of issues that you just mentioned, they have generally not been handled at minimum smoothly and at maximum with significant security damage to the United States, particularly regarding Afghanistan and the way that the um, withdrawal took place, as you said, it reflected in our poll, but also reflected in international relations with adversary mm-hmm. and ally alike. And then finally, this latest dust up over the Australia, United Kingdom, yes. U.S. called AUKUS, but more than awkward for Paris because they got snubbed by Canberra buying American instead of French subs, and they recalled their ambassador. And so if the whole idea is to rally allies to counter a rising China and you alienate allies, particularly ones as powerful and as important as France, that seems to be defeating the purpose. So definitely a a difficult uh, time in President Biden's tenure. 
it sure is a difficult time. I'll, I'll disagree just very mildly in the sense that uh, as far as getting back to normal, this is normal uh, for presidents. It's a very difficult job. Uh, the crash that almost invariably follows a, a honeymoon period is often uh, pretty shocking. And, you know, presidents spend a lot of uh, of their terms in office juggling uh, various crises and and pratfalls. And, and in that sense, it, it isn't that unusual. I think the expectation here, because in, in many quarters, the hostility toward Trump was, was so uh, high and, and so inflamed, the expectation that uh, all was going to be well, uh, you know, was was more exaggerated than normal. That may have something to do with it. And then, you know, Joe Biden's been around a long time, and he's often gotten in trouble uh, by letting his words get ahead of his brain. And that, this goes back decades with him, and it's a lot of what's happening here. Uh, a big part of the problem in Afghanistan was that he went off half-cocked and assured us that none of the things were going to happen that you know, promptly then did happen. Uh, he didn't have to do that. He could have said that it was going to be difficult and we're not sure how it's going to go. Uh, but that isn't what he did. The same thing with the boosters. He just obviously got ahead of the the rest of his own administration and ahead of the science. And that's a, uh, that's a weakness uh, of Joe Biden that is absolutely nothing new. Uh, he has been around a long time, and he's been making these kinds of mistakes for a long time. Okay, so let, let's stay with that, because I, I think that's a valid point, and I agree with you 100% that Joe Biden is fully capable of, let's use this phrase, putting his foot in his mouth. It obviously has significantly different gravitas when you're the president of the United States. But then we get to the aging debate, the clarity debate, and the how often the White House exposes him just to normal questioning. And I thought it really stood out yesterday. Doug, first you and then John jump in when he's he's in the Oval Office with Boris Johnson, the prime minister, and it's the standard situation where you're going to let uh, two questions from each side move on. Well, the British press asked two questions, and in the middle of Boris Johnson's final answer, the White House authorities are waving people out, and not a single reporter was allowed to ask the, the president a question. And I don't think it's as bizarre as Senator Rich and some of the conservatives, Doug, where there's somebody pushing a button that cuts off the president. But when this is going on, when it's a crisis, and it's an incredibly difficult job, when he's not out there answering questions, I think he's shrieking and shrinking away from that responsibility, which should be a requirement of this job, especially during extraordinarily difficult times like this? Well, in our day and age, uh, with the you know, communications uh, that we have, uh, it, yes, it's a very important part of the job to be able to uh, convey and, and express that command and that, that ability to uh, field questions uh, you know, off the cuff. Uh, and be able to deal with the, the pressure of those uh, situations with aplomb and, and, and finesse. And, uh, and clearly, uh, again, as we said, Biden, this has never really been Biden's strong suit. And now that he's, you know, on, along in years, uh, you know, clearly he's lost some capacity for that aspect of the job. And his folks are shielding 
him uh, from some of those pressures, as I think they probably have to do, because you don't want you don't want real uh, embarrassing pratfalls that really shake uh, confidence to be uh, you know become routine. Uh, but it is a it is a handicap in in really doing the job as it needs to be done. As I say, in our day and age, you know, decades ago we've had we may have had presidents who would never have been able to handle one of these off the cuff press conferences, but it didn't yeah. matter because right. that wasn't part of the job then. Uh, you had you know Franklin Roosevelt who had to be shielded from public view in many ways because you know people knew that he was a polio victim, but they didn't go out of their way to you know, let people see him struggling to stand up and, and walk a few steps. Uh, but those were different times, and you could do that. Uh, now we're in a you know, television, a, a constant uh, video age, and uh, you, you've got to do the job in that context. Well, I, John, I think Doug brings up a lot of points that are really valid about the lack of exposure and preventing these problems. And he was elected in this era. And I haven't even mentioned immigration and what's happening in Del Rio and what's happening there. And we don't see the vice president that much either. I, I'm just a little surprised by the messaging and trying to control stories. You can only put out people close to them. And, you know, he had the one formal press conference. When he was abroad, he did another one. And I'm not saying that's the totality of the job. But facing these questions, sending a message, trying to diffuse criticism, trying to get things done. Here's an example today. So when he's going to meet with all these Democrats... From the leaders to the progressives, the moderates, John, is the president actually going to go out there and say something where you think he would be trying to persuade the public to say this should be on our side and then face some questions? Or is it going to be just the quick statement and then see ya? He's got to go. Well, efforts at controlling the conversation become the conversation and become the story. And it's doing a disservice to the president and to the vice president. And so it appears that administration aides, including in the media and communications aspect of White House, are really trying to limit his exposure. And then that in itself brings up questions about his capacity or about their confidence in him having an appropriate or let alone eloquent enough response. And I think it also brings up a point that something that President Biden has very rightfully emphasized during his administration is that we are in an era of a fundamental, nearly existential question for many nations between democracy and authoritarianism. And part of democracy is communicating directly to the American people, often through the press. And when he doesn't take questions at all and he appears so closed off, that's not good modeling at an era where he wants to hold a global democracy summit. And you got to practice it here first at home before you do abroad. About 45 seconds to each one of you because I'm up against the clock. There's been so much buildup. The Woodward uh, uh, Robert Costa book is now out. John, you first. What has stood out most to you, either the lead up to the book or if you've had a chance to read the book itself? I haven't had a chance to read the book yet, but I think that, you know, what really, really stands out is just how chaotic 
the final months of the Trump presidency were things that we knew about January 6th, um, although there's certainly much more to be discovered by the congressional investigation about that, and things we didn't know about, such as General Milley's call to his Chinese counterpart and just how concerned the global community was over the president's capacity and his irrationality as viewed at home and abroad. And that really is a big story that needs more exploration. DJ? Yeah, I've not had a chance to uh, read either, but yes, I don't think it tells us anything particularly that we that we didn't know, but it does. I mean, maybe it puts our earlier conversation into context when we, you know, are, are offered this chance to recall, you know, just how uh, around the bend things had gotten and and you know what peril we were in in a in a different way. I mean, certainly the contrast and communication style is. It's obvious enough. I mean, Trump, uh, you know, he couldn't shut up, right? And it would go on for uh, for hours with uh, some of those press conferences on yep. COVID and so on. So they, he didn't have that problem, but there were other problems. And, you know, so maybe we should keep things in perspective. Enjoyed it as always, guys. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Take care. DJ Tice, John Rash, Star Tribune editorial board again. We're talking about... And the last part, the book Peril by legendary a journalist, Washington Post. He's been doing this for 50-some years, Bob Woodward and uh, Robert Costa, who certainly has made a name for himself with the Washington Post. A preview of next hour when we come back.